Spark one up. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. The most beautiful young people you've ever seen. Well, welcome, bowlers. Welcome to episode 34 of Bowl After Bowl. Episode 34, it's August 4th, 2020. We haven't really been saying that much. Yeah, I noticed that. In our old shows, we always used to open with the episode number and the date. And then we haven't even like mentioned those on most shows that we've done since then. Eh, we'll bring it back. You know, this and that and the format. Uh, we're figuring it out. Figuring one it episode out. episode at a time. You know. It's one of those deals where you play around with the format. Yeah. I like the episode number and date. Yeah. Just so people don't get lost, I guess. Just keeps them on track. And then if ever, like, I lose stuff or the file's not named right, I can just listen to it. Yeah. Just in case. Just in case. Just in case. Who's just in case? Just in case. Fine. Very fine guy. <laughs> The most beautiful young people you've ever seen. Hey, so. Hey, so. You're not going to believe this, but uh, Bull After Bull was on the No Agenda stream. <gasps> can you believe it? I can, because I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> but if I hadn't heard it, wow. I, I, I was speechless. I uh, talked to Mr. Dr. Professor Sir Ryan Bimrose about getting on the... Uh, live stream and figured it'd be like a process you know i yeah, figured definitely. he'd like listen to the show kind of be like mm, this is what you need this is what you want to do uh he liked it enough to play it he gave me notes so it wasn't you know like um i mean it's ryan bimrose he's not just gonna like say he likes everything that you're doing good i so he gave me some nice nice notes. I actually appreciate it. In fact, uh, I really like any kind of feedback, uh, including constructive criticism. Probably people are nervous to give certain kinds of feedback. But anything for the show that would, you know, is be closer to what you want to hear, that's what we're interested in. So there's, like, unhelpful criticism where it's just like, you know, you suck or you're... you're uh, monotonous, sound like stupid guy, which really doesn't <laughs> tell me anything. But like, if you say, "Oh, this segment was dumb and I think it was a waste of time," or "Oh, you talked about this and I don't care about it," or "Oh, I wish you would talk about this because uh, it's interesting," all of those things are like helpful criticism, and we'll definitely like take it into consideration. Yeah, definitely. And if you have some constructive criticism for us, or just want to drop a love note. Or, uh, you know, do you want to just say, God, you sound dumb. Then you can call our voicemail and leave us one. Our number is 816-607-3663. It's open day and night. Doesn't matter what time you're listening to this or what day, the voicemail will be there. That's right. That's the beauty of podcasts is we go live on Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Central time. Central time, U.S. But you listen to podcasts whenever, so... You can call the voicemail whenever in the same vein. If you're listening to like 
five episodes back, then you can comment on that. It's totally fine. We'll probably still play your voicemail. Yeah. We haven't been left one we haven't played yet, I don't believe. No. No, that's that's against our like radical inclusion <laughs> of the, voicemails. The radical inclusion of voicemails. Oh, radical inclusion. Speaking of radical inclusion, we were radically included in the last Sma- Smash cast. Yeah. Episode six was put out. I made an ISO for them. At long last. We were waiting. Or I got ISO. Faded breath. And it's here. It's here. They talked about love languages. It was sweet. And Some, we, something to check out. Our little voicemail was talking about rope play. Yeah. Rope play. That's right. They shibari. inspired us to do some shibari work. Shibari. Essentially, I just tied you up. Yeah. And essentially, I just got tied up and, you know. Had my little way with you. Yeah. We had fun. It was great. But, you know, you're an Eagle Scout. I trust you. Yeah. It was a good time. What's in polite to kiss and tell? Okay, well, I'll stop talking about it, I suppose. Oh, she's bashful. Oh, come on, (laughs) kitten. I won't tell anyone. I can't win against Wayne and the gang. (laughs) He's on the both sides there. Nice execution. You're doing terrific. That's right. You're doing great on the machine, baby. I'm trying to load him up and spit him out. What can I say? Yesterday was a very important anniversary of something. Oh? In that something is Steve Wiebe hitting a, being the first person ever to score a million points on Donkey Kong. Dang. Yes. And now here I am at Fun Spot, busting my ass. Yes. And if you don't know who Steve Wiebe is, well, now you do. And you should watch the documentary King of Kong, Fistful of Quarters. Because it's great. Well, I've often thought that he maybe is a little autistic. Hey, that wasn't nice to play right there. That's his own mom. I know, that is his mom. It's a, he pitched. He was a basketball. He was a basketball. That was a great quote from that documentary. <laughs> oh. it's, it, it just, it's maybe a little backgrounder back? on, uh, on, the, on what it is. Okay, fine. Shoot. Go for it. Oh, you want me to do it? Uh, so it's uh, this documentary that follows the world record of Donkey Kong. Um, and it's kind of been battled back and forth between Steve Wiebe, who's this guy from uh, the Seattle area, and Billy Mitchell, who's just this like epic old school nerd who like owned a lot of games in the 80s, owned a lot of high scores uh, in the 80s. And then um, it kind of follows the shenanigans. I won't spoil too much for you, but... uh, No No matter what I say, it draws controversy. So I won't say too much, you know. Uh, I have to be careful how I share my opinions. That's right. You do. But, I mean, just fantastically well done. The director is no slouch. He's done many other things. Can you... Think of one on the top of your head. I know he that we were talking about. He made a movie in 2015, I believe, called Pixels, which Adam Sandler was in. Uh, and um, Steve Wiebe actually has like a little, si- you know, a small role in it. He appears in the film, which is pretty cool. Not even Helen of Troy had that much attention. Yeah. Well, anyway, we'll be talking about this movie more because its anniversary is coming up. And you introduced me to it, Spence. That's why I thought you'd be best to give the background on it. Yes, well, I I will say that the main 
setting for most of the documentary is a place called Fun Spot in Laconia, New Hampshire. Uh, that is the world's largest collection of classic video arcade games, I That's believe. Right. Yep. It's like three floors full of arcade games. And so all old school pinball, all the old school stand-up arcade cabinet games, pretty much anything you can imagine. So I can't remember the first time or how I came across this documentary, but um, of course, Lorian being from Massachusetts, when we went out there to visit, we've, we had to go. So we've, we've been two different yes. times now, right? That's right. And... Uh, Oh man, they Fantastic. have this little food court thing, uh, this little like snack bar uh, on the bottom floor. And when we were there, there was like a little rogue chipmunk running around in the snack bar. Yep. Um, so it's always funny to go back and watch Fistful of Quarters, which we did pull some ISOs from, obviously. Uh, but it's it's so fun to rewatch it and like see Fun Spot and just remember like the little chipmunk in the room and everything. Yeah, and if you are ever near New Hampshire, live in New Hampshire, and you haven't checked out Fun Spot, definitely do it. They have a bo like a twenty lane bowling alley too. I, I told him last night that he had to come. That's right, you, you have to come. You gotta come to Fun Spot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Bust ass at Fun Spot. I'm the wife of the Donkey Kong guy. She was like such a strong, supportive character. <laughs> Oh, is that how you would describe it? In the documentary. <laughs> he pitched. He was a basketball. He was a basketball. If you do not know the next pattern coming up in a Tron light cycle event, you will lose your life. You will lose your life. You gotta, that one needs to just be shortened down to, you will lose your life. You will lose your life. Such <laughs> great characters. This, the documentary just wrote itself. Yeah, All I can't imagine. All the events that happened, it's wild. That would be like the greatest to show up as a documentary guy and then just start filming and then just be like, holy fuck, look at all this material. Yes. It's just ripe yes. with material. And the thing keeps progressing because you can tell they started filming and all of this and then they came back like, it must have been a year or so because some of the guys involved had gotten in touch with Guinness Book of World Records and then Guinness was asking these this organization to submit some classic arcade scores for the 2007 edition of of the uh, Guinness Book of World Records which is right around when this doc came out too so it's a lot of fun a lot of fun both fun spot and the documentary fistful of quarters um you don't even have to like video games to like this documentary. That's how hilarious it is. It's very funny. And you don't even have to like documentaries to like this documentary. Yeah. It's just, it's funny. It's heartwarming. It's frustrating. It's like all of those things. It makes you laugh. It'll make you cry. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's awesome. Fantastic. And it's it's ongoing, you know, because mm -hmm. all these people are still alive, so... It's still going on, all the shenanigans. Uh, I'm not God. I don't have all the answers. Me neither, Billy. Me neither. But I will say, 33 has been popping up in the news an awful lot. Oh, yeah? You're still, still on the 33 kick. I am. I am. I'm still feeling the 33. Hit me with some and 33 I th knowledge. Okay. All right. I will. So there were, uh, let's see. Well, in Texas... Texas distilleries, 33% of them face closure if the state laws don't change. 
Mm. As of right now, there's a 51% rule where if uh, their gross earnings from sale of alcohol are more than, oh, I'm sorry, are less than 51%, then they're ruled as a bar, which affects their occupancy and stuff, and you can't bring in firearms. Mm. And you can only sell two bottles per person every 30 days, and they're not allowed to ship directly to customers. So, of course, COVID has just totally kicked their butt. I think it's very bad for our country. Yeah, anytime you're a liquor store and then get reclassified as a bar or like a distiller and get reclassified, then it opens up a whole mess. That's another nice thing about uh, our state is... uh, our laws are very loose and lenient. Yes. Regarding alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Yep. It's true. It's fantastic. It's true. 33 people were shot in Chicago last weekend. Dang. Yeah. Uh, crude by rail flows from Midwest to the West dropped 33% in May. Hmm. But it just became a news story this weekend. There is hmm. this native ad going around uh, about this CEO who has flown 33 times this year. And it, it's a native ad. So really, it's just like a glorified commercial for his company, which I don't care about or want to promote for him. But the article was like, here's how he has stayed safe on 33 different flights all around the world. I just thought that was goofy. It popped up in more than one place. It is weird how they, like, go to these efforts to make it 33, yeah? We talked about that on the last show, too. It's like some of these headlines can be just normally written, but then they're rewritten to force the 33 meme, and that's, like, the ones that stick out to me most. It's like, wait, you went the extra mile to make this say 33. Yeah, even just the difference between saying a third or 33%. So what's that all about? Yeah, what is that all about? Yeah, Trumpy, what's that all about? You slipped a 33 in there. Yeah, day after our show. So got blatant. 33rd use. Mm-hmm. Well, a 33-year-old unidentified Mexican man fell off the Arizona border wall and died. I saw that. I saw that one. Yeah. He just happened to be 33. That one made me say, 33-year-old Mexican national. Mm-hmm. That's what I always, I'll always be like, hey, this story happened. Can you guess how old the guy was? Yeah. Like yes, that, you can. Uh, that dude which shot the protester in Austin ended up being 33, <gasps> didn't he? That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, there was something weird about that article too that you pointed out to me. Oh, yeah, so there was a statement on this guy who shot the BLM protester in Austin, Texas. Uh, For what, I mean, I haven't reviewed evidence other than, like, reports, but it seems pretty obvious case of self-defense open and shut. But the guy in the press release, it noted that he was a former Eagle Scout, which always catches my eye and piques my attention because there's no such thing as a former Eagle Scout. It's sort of like former CIA, only they really beat that into you, that concept in the Scouts. So once you retain, once you obtain the rank of Eagle, they tell you once an Eagle, 
always an eagle. So you can't be a former eagle. So like the reason it always sticks out to me is it's constantly reinforced when you're in the scouts. Like if, if you're a first year scout and you ask the scout master, Oh, were you an Eagle Scout when you were little? He'll be like, I am an Eagle Scout. Once an Eagle, always an Eagle. Or, you know, that's just constantly being reinforced. Now, if you don't make it quite to Eagle, like if you are a life or a star or anything below Eagle, then that's correct in saying you're a former life, you're a former star. You don't retain that rank into adulthood. But Eagle is an Eagle for life. So to me, really, I mean, the Occam's Razor explanation is that he didn't write it himself, that uh, his his counsel wrote it, would be my guess. But it always kind of pops a red flag up for me because an Eagle Scout would never refer to himself as a former Eagle Scout. It just doesn't happen. And the reason it doesn't happen is exactly because of that. Because when you're in the Scouts, the shit is constantly corrected. People will jump up on you. And say, no, 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 no. Still an Eagle Scout, you know? So, it's not like a, it's not like one of those things that you accidentally do. And in fact, that's why it stood out to me. Like, every time you see it, that uh, training kind of pops up in your head of like, oh, former Eagle Scout. That doesn't make any sense. You would have to, and I don't think this is a thing, but you would have to literally be stripped of the rank at some point in order for that to be true. I was just going to ask if they ever talked about that being a thing. I'm not sure. I'm not saying it's impossible. Yeah. But once an Eagle Scout, always, generally. Yes. That's correct. It kind of stood out to me. Yeah, that was weird. Well, in more 33 news, there were several counties that reported 33 new coronavirus cases. Oh, there's a lot of those, huh? Well, it's always the 33. You don't just see, like... Oh, there was three or five or 17 new cases. No, it's 33. Now we have a news report. That was in Michigan, Colorado, Illinois. Um, Well, the 33 people in Grand Rapids, Michigan died at a nursing home. Just all at once? Mm-hmm. Like on a Tuesday night? No, not, not all at once like that. Not like... <laughs> Not like the aliens came and were like, it's time to go now. <laughs> Bye-bye. But 33 of you will come with us. No, it just happened to be 33 elderly folk died at this one nursing home. Where did it come from? And now it's a problem. Now it's a problem. It wasn't. A, there wasn't a newsworthy story when 5 to 10 of them died. But now that 33 of them have died, by golly, we need to hear about this. America. There are also um, 33 cases of salmonella poisoning in Montana that was linked to onions. I'll be damned. Yeah. I went on, the CDC was reporting on it, so I scrolled through to see if any other states had 33 cases. No. Um, Oregon had the most with 71. Six in Missouri. Michigan had my apparent magic number 23. How stupid have we been? Don't eat the onions. These onions, man. They'll just do one, you dirty. Just one batch of onions. They'll do you dirty. They might, yeah. And then, of course, the MLB has now postponed 33 games in just the first week. Wow. Yeah. After that disrespectful <laughs> throw from Fauci. Oh, man. We've had so many conversations about that with people since the last show. And I like your point where it's like, I'm pitching this i'm doing the first pitch wouldn't you just like 
say, hey, Joe, over there, can I practice you? Can I throw this at you? Can we just give it a one run through? Just make sure I got it down. No. He just doesn't care. He doesn't have to care. He doesn't mm-hmm. care. Meanwhile, the NHL, um, pandering on the Black Lives Matter thing very heavily, very hard. They had this guy. So uh, I want to shout out to Dustin in the Philippines. Yeah, Dustin. Get my nation PH for sending me the clip. And his girl, Georgina. 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 Lady. Um, pretty much they've got like the whitest black dude they could possibly find. Because, I mean, it's hockey, so there's not a lot of like black dudes playing hockey. There's not none. But there's not a lot, you know. The demographics are shifted a bit. It's kind of sure. like a lot of white guys play hockey. And if you think about it, a lot of uh, hockey towns are further north where it's colder and you have longer winters. Uh, and it's more popular in, say, Detroit than it is in, say, San Diego. Of course. Know. There are major teams all over the place but as far as like the percentage of your kids that are involved in it or like the schools like my school never had a hockey team and no one plays hockey around here um but there was a lot of like i'm not going to play the thing and burden you with it but there's just all this hand wringing about uh the guy says systematic racism like two or three times he sounds nervous enough to shit his pants like trying to read the speech the whole time. And uh, he keeps saying systematic racism, and he keeps saying, like, that the NHL needs to do its part, basically to, like, make sure that kids don't feel afraid when they walk into an arena. And I'm I'm here to tell you that the reason there's not a lot of black NHL players is not because the kids feel afraid when they go into the arena. It's just not, it's just not, it's just a demographic thing. It's not part of the it's not part of African culture or African American culture or any black culture. Hockey is not like a huge part of it. And um there's also just this endless obsession that the metrics of X have to match up with the overarching demographics of the entire country. So like mm-hmm. oh the black people make up 13% of the country, so they have to be 13%, you know? And it's kind of weird, too, because they're pushing past that. Like, the, there's another concept where they want it to be minority-majority. We want a minority-majority. Like, that would be ideal. That would be the best. Um, it just seems so stupid and so arbitrary. When you're talking about, uh, you know, this, uh, this gets hammered on all the time, but nobody goes over to the NBA and does the same thing. You know, that's a majority... That's a majority of black players in the NBA. True. And nobody is trying to switch the demographics on it just to change the colors. And that's all it is. It's just another layer of racism. It's just we want to change the color of these guys' skin. Uh, we see too many white guys. Um, so I figured I'd tackle that because well, it was requested by Dustin. But, you know, I mean, what more can you say? They've just... They fucked sports up so bad this year, and like COVID is just a piece of it, but it's this overall arching theme. I think COVID really has helped them get away with a bunch of shit that otherwise they would not be allowed to get away with if 
the stands were full for all of these games, then there would be fans booing at a lot of these displays. Yeah, I like when they so. when they black spray paint the MLB logo with BLM under it. I'm guaranteeing you there'd be a lot of fans upset by that. When all the teams are kneeling on both teams during the anthem, I guarantee a lot of fans would be upset by that. Uh, You kick the fans out of the stands, and then you don't have to worry about that part of the optics. There's no pushback. There's no resistance. There's just cardboard cutouts who are just going to sit there. Yeah. Well, and And that's kind of ideally what they'd like out of us as citizens is just to fucking be cardboard cutouts. Yeah, obey. Just obey. An interesting thing, you mentioned how nervous he was. Yeah. It was uh, Michael Dumba who delivered the speech. Matthew? Matthew. Oh, my gosh. My reading today. Reading skills, not top of the day. Matthew. Anyway, first of all, he's a Canadian hockey player. And so... I guess this it's almost st- redundant to say, but not really, but almost right. But I guess this straddles lines like that. Now this is a North American thing. BLM, not just America. Sure. Like I well, thought they're complaining about America's. It's system. it's an international operation to be sure. Okay. Um, They're going to hop up and down anywhere they can. But. Uh, well, this guy, he knelt for America's anthem. And then he stood for Canada's. That rat bastard. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah. Now that kind of, I was just like, what the fuck, dude? Well, you know. Excuse me, but. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but Canada has got to be wider than us. Yeah, if, I don't know. Also, you mentioned how he was nervous and where I was going with that. It's got to be white than Chinese. There's no fans there receiving this message that he's delivering. It's just all the players standing in a circle on the rink around him. And I feel they're all just staring at him as he's reading this teleprompter speech. Like, I wonder if they drew straws for who was going to deliver it or if he was, you know. They just called him one day. They're like, hey, we need you to give the end racism speech today. Okay. Ethnic origin they've got here listed. That's not quite what I'm looking like. I'm looking for that big R word, race. Where's the race? Well, I saw that out of 690 NHL hockey players, 43 of them are people of color. 35 million in Canada. 6%. So that's about 10% of us. That's according to the 2016 census. You guys do a lot more censuses up there. Looks like every five years rather than every ten. Um, I'm looking here. They don't really have like a race thing, but they have ethnicity, which or ethnic origin. So Canadian is the top one at 32%. <clears throat> Excuse me, 32%. Oh, so close. 32.32%. Oh, it repeats. Hmm. And then it goes English, Scottish, French, Irish, German. So one, two, three, four, five, six. All of those are considered white these days. So that adds up to a total. I'm just doing the math in my head. 32, 42, 50, 60, 3, 76, 86, 89, 90%. Christ, that seems high. Oh, yeah, well, you know, you can have more than one answer on this, so it's going to add up to more than 100%. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah. Because, like, you can be Scotch-Irish, 
can be any combination of these really. Yep. Uh, and then Chinese. So I was right in that the first demo that was non-white would be Chinese. 5% or 1.7 million. Then it goes to Italian, then First Nations, then Indian. I mean, and with these kind of like agenda pushing situations, I do like to follow the money and look at the sponsors. And you know who's a big NHL sponsor would be mm, Kraft Heinz. Hmm. So, you know, politically checks out. Bunch of goddamn communists. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. I mean, there's no one out there that didn't get at least one email from a business that was like, we support black lives. We are donating to the charity. We are, you know, they're all pandering in that. Imagine being the fundraiser for BLM in this cycle, man. And you're just getting like a 15% kickback on all of that. That'd be freaking tight. Yeah, that would be. I'm in the wrong business. In the wrong business. Speaking of getting in the right business, though, I found a potential exit strategy for us. Oh, really? Yeah. You. Uh, oh, I'm always down to hear about those. You should uh, <laughs> like this. Here, let me pull it up really quick. Okay. Let me retire now. <laughs> a company is looking to pay couples $3,000 to have sex on different mattresses and report back to them which is the best. <laughs> oh, hello, dream job. <laughs> Sleep Standards says in the position description, we'll send you a new mattress every week, and all you have to do is give us your honest reviews on how good that mattress is for sex. What? That's right. You can get paid for doing what you do in your regular life, regular everyday life, sex. They added, every week, five chosen couples will be given a different mattress that they can use for quality time. <laughs> so, did you send in our application? Um, um, um. Uh, I was going to have you look it over because it kind of, okay, here's the submission form, right? Uh, oh wait, first of all, national couple day is August 18th. Uh, so that's kind of tied into the promotion. So we're going to have to make a little note of that. That's, that's a show day for us. Oh boy. So maybe we'll have to nationally couple. Couple day. On national couple day. comes up with these things? I have no clue. There's a new holiday every day. So, in celebration of National Couple Day, they're looking to find the best mattress for intimate activities. Um, as winning couples, you have options to remain anonymous if you want to protect your privacy. <laughs> what privacy? Mm-hmm. Got none of that left. No. Uh, either going public or staying anonymous. The choice is all yours to make. How does it work? The experiment will last a total of eight weeks. So, the five chosen couples will have to test out eight different mattresses. So you got to bang at least once a week for eight weeks. <laughs> it's, it's no challenge for us, but no. I just think that weeds a lot of people out <laughs> right out of the beginning. Now here's a here's a here's a thought. Two of those weeks, you're likely going to be on your period, yeah. Yeah. So what if that skews the polls? Like, what if you get a great mattress during Aunt Flo's visit? Well, just be careful. Put a put a towel down. <laughs> uh, have sex with the diva cup in I don't know there's lots of options there They'll to protect re- the mattress the couples will be required to write extremely honest reviews for each of the products they test out in addition to that you'll also have to rate each mattress on a scale from 1 to 10 on the following criteria okay ready okay I'm ready B- bounciness bounciness <laughs> noise okay firmness Here's one. Edge support. 
<laughs> so does Which that mean like, supporting? Yeah. yeah. I mean, edge support in like, are we fucking on the edge and you're sitting there and you don't fall off? Or is it like better for edging on? Yeah. Comfort, cooling, and then an overall score. So that's the eight criteria that you have to rate one to 10. Easy. But Sign me up. bonus goodies at the end, you get to keep the one that's your favorite. Oh, awesome. One free mattress. That's cool. How to apply. You must be 18 years old. Well, that's Check. comforting. Uh, you're required <laughs> to send the following. A headshot or a preferable, a link to a 60-second intro video talking about your passion for the position we're posting. It seems easy. Yeah. Uh, now, here's where it gets fucky. Attached links to existing social media accounts. Um, Uh-oh. 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 So they kind of are trying to find influencers low key, it seems. Mm. Uh, state where you live. So here's the here's the application. And if you are in, like I'm in if you're in, but like I'll let you fill it out. Yeah. Because you're better at this kind of shit. Uh, I'm in, but I'm name, not Name, number, they citizenship, <laughs> state where you live, 60 second intro video. How did you guys meet? That's always fun. Impress us. What makes you the best candidate for this job? Uh, I can think of a few things. How many Facebook friends do you have? Oh. Link to your Facebook. How many Twitter followers do you Good have? Good thing you have a Facebook. Link to your Twitter. How many Instagram followers do you have? Link to your Instagram. Uh, <sighs> this seems this seems like a popularity contest. I was now. super super jacked about seeing this story until I got to those that part, and then yeah. I was like, "Fuck, this seems lame." Well, you know. You can always pay for bot followers and <laughs> start talking like, oh my God, this mattress is so comfortable. We have a great mattress, but we're looking to upgrade. You should choose us, Lorian and Spencer. 10 because, out of 10. Yes. No, we won't just give 10 out of 10. It has to work. Lorian and Spencer. I could be, I could pretend to be an influencer. You, I could pretend. I could BS my way through this application, maybe. I mean, if they're you not can gonna, get us in, like, they're this not is gonna like the face bag situation. This because... is why I want you to fill it out because okay. if anybody can bullshit their way into this, it's gonna be you. A mattress a week that I have to have sex on that I'm gonna get paid three grand for. Yeah, this is a great job opportunity in See, my I, eyes. That's <laughs> what I, that's what I was thinking when I saw it. I would love to pad my resume with this. Oh, yes, and I've, I spent eight weeks of my life reviewing mattresses that I made love on with my husband. I mean, if absolutely nothing else, it'd be fantastic for the show. Yeah, definitely. And shoot, we got a new mattress, which, like, it that could, day is coming up a, anyway. It could become a segment. A <laughs> segment. Eight weeks of mattress lovemaking. Welcome to Bowl After Bowl. Not only did we have sex on the mattress, but we smoked bowl after bowl on the mattress because, duh. Yeah, that should be like another factor. Like, uh, if you like accidentally drop the cherry on the mattress, like, does it burn through or not? Mm, that's, yeah, <laughs> Like important. flame resistance. <laughs> oh, no, it just goes up. <laughs> Whole mattress is on fire. Which mattress was most comfortable for me to add the tagline, and you're dumb, after I made my husband coom? <laughs> yes, we did, Fletcher. Yes, we did. <laughs> Speaking of Fletcher, 
I have a Fletcher story. Oh? It's, well, it's not about Fletcher, but it immediately made me think of Fletcher. Okay. And I think he's going to appreciate being put on this hot tip. So, the country of Iceland, right? Their travel bureau is doing this promotion. Holy, holy shit. Holy, holy. What was that? It hit my ears. That didn't go out to the stream, but you surely heard it through my headphones. Yeah. Oh. Um, so that, okay. <laughs> that's just a taste, baby. Uh, they're doing this thing uh, oh. inspired by Iceland. Looks like you need Iceland is the website. So they have seven remote cams set up all across Iceland. Um, it actually looks like not a live feed camera, but like a, because uh, this waterfall doesn't look like it's moving at all. But uh, you can pick one of the seven locations and you can record a scream uh, and oh. it will play on this speaker out in the middle of Iceland in the wilderness. So oh. <laughs> all you need to do is go to lookslikeyouneediceland.com and it's supposed to be scream therapy for this like together alone concept that we're all coveted, you know, and we're all locked up and sometimes you just need to let it out. Uh, I think it says, looks like you need to let it out. That's what it says. The type is so tiny. It took me a second to read it. Um, but yes, you go to the website, you click tap to scream. You just hold it down kind of like a snap or whatever. I don't know what the kids are snapping these days, but you have to hold it down while you're recording and then you let go and it sends it out. You heard a couple of them uh, as I was clicking through, so you can pick it. So uh, I haven't sent any yet, but maybe we can send one now. That's so fletch. What do you think? Okay. All right, let's do it. We're bo both going to yell? Yeah, why don't we just yell, like, bullafterbull.com. Bull. Okay, all right. All right. But wait, watch your ears. Maybe turn down your volume a little. I don't know. I'll back up from the mic just a little bit, but not okay. much. All right, let's all right, go. Ready? One, two, three. Okay. I <laughs> your browser will now ask permission to access your microphone. Uh, well, why didn't it do that before? You sons of bitches. Oh, no. This is bad. Now it's click and hold to record your scream. See, this is why I should have done it before, but I didn't. This is why this is just a job for a true professional like Fletcher and not my little five-year-old voice scream. Yo. Well, we'll try it again anyway. Oh, my How gosh. Okay. Please scream responsibly. The world is listening. What? The world is... Oh, I guess the, by the... Via the website. The internet. The interwebs. All right. Take two, three, two, one. Bowlafterbowl.com! <laughs> oh, God. There's a little bit of a the, the, the static there. From okay. Someone, someone, one of us is too loud. Holy too much. shit. Too much, too much. Thank you, <laughs> bowlers. Spencer for and Lori. up with this. Kansas City. Kansas City, here I am. Country. Oh, Denmark, France, and Norway, or Germany are on top. There's well, U.S. Just USA, put it in alphabetical order, you USA. Icelandic sons of... Bing! Enter your email to receive a recording of your screen playing in Iceland. Sure. Yeah. I'll do that. If a bowl after bowl is yelled in the Icelandic wilderness... And nobody's around, does it make a sound? Does it make a sound, yeah. 
No one knows. Can you imagine like all these yellow speakers are out there and all the batteries oh. are dead and they're yeah. just like they're just playing it on the website and that's it. Email me a video of my scream. Okay. Oh, okay. This is again. Oh, oh. Wow. You can tell I'm not a yeller. Well, well, I mean. we'll see if we get any traffic from Norway or any other, I mean, Iceland or any other weird places nearby. Hey, Shit, yeah. if you can hear it from Norway. Welcome to Bowl After Bowl, my Finnish friends. So that's a tip for you. Looks like you need Iceland.com. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, everyone needs to go yell. You got to yell it out, man. You got to yell it out. I'd get a... God, Fletch has so many yells for them. I know, he can just single-handedly take over the country of Iceland yeah. right now. <laughs> he could do it all. It's true. From his home. He wouldn't even need to leave home. No. Fletch got us, though. He got us last night. He got us? Yeah, you were listening, right? To the hog stories. Uh, of course I was listening to the hog yeah, stories. Yeah, man, he broke the story of stories oh, that yeah. came out. This we was in my shoot. Laugh. This was in my shoot since Saturday, I think. Because mm-hmm. it's been blowing up the uh, more sexual sections of my news feed reader. My news aggregator. This bloke, Malcolm McDonald, in the UK. So this guy lost his penis due to a blood infection. Uh, it just fell off, right? Well, eventually it fell it off. fell off. But what first happened was he got a blood infection in his perineum. For those unfamiliar, that's the... the some taint. people call it the buried shaft. The taint. Because <laughs> it taints the butts and it taints the nuts. Yes. Uh, That's where the blood infection started. And then he said his extremities started turning black, so even the tips of his toes and fingers. And his penis turned black and one day fell off onto the goddamn floor. (laughs) Can you imagine the horror? No, no. Just the fucking sheer, absolute... Oh. Oh my God, that would be... That would be hard to imagine. Yeah. Hard to, hard to live with. It fell off in 2014 after a long-term infection in his perineum turned to sepsis. Uh, so he told uh, the insider that when he saw his penis go black, he was beside myself. He was beside himself. I've... <laughs> it was like a horror film. I was in complete panic. I knew deep down it was gone and I was going to lose it. Father of two said he withdrew from his family and friends and turned to alcohol after losing his penis. Oh, no. But after two dark years, his general practitioner referred him to David Ralph, a urologist who had previously created a bionic penis for a man who was born without one. Whoa. Whoa, bionic penis. This is a side story that I'm writing down. I need to look into this bionic penis. All right, keep going. You're digging deeper on the way. I'm digging in. As soon as she heard bionic penis... (laughs) Nice knowing you. Uh, <laughs> Just <better>. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this guy works at University College Hospital in London, right? This this uh, bionic penis doctor. Okay. He told McDonald he could grow him a penis on his arm, but it would take up to two years. Huh. For some reason, your arm is an ideal graphics, uh, grafting site because of the quality of your skin there and the sensation that you still have. Okay. So, like, he grew the penis on the arm... 
and used some nerve endings and blood vessels that were there on the arm. Uh, also harvested some other veins from around his body and then inserted a couple of tubes that can be inflated by a hand pump to create an artificial erection. Hmm. The shaft was then separated from his forearm, leaving the base so the skin and tissue could form around it. This is the quote from McDonald. That they can make me a new penis at all is incredible, but that they can build it on my arm is mind-blowing. It looks like something out of a weird sci-fi comic, but it's my chance at a normal life. The surgeons even gave McDonald an extra two inches on his new penis at his request. Nice. <laughs> ah, goddamn, for Hell 65 yeah. grand, you might as well, right? Upgrade. But, get this, the appendage cost around $65,000 in all and was covered by the National Health Service. Thank you, NHS! Wow. That's a deal. A lot still has to go right before the penis reconstruction can be called a success. Mm. So... Uh, eventually they're going to cut it off his arm and put it where it's supposed to go. Okay. Right down there. Um, but he's had this pecker on his arm for four years. Oh my gosh. Because, you know, the doctor said I'll need at least two years. But then there were different scheduling conflicts that he had. He had a couple health issues unrelated. And then the COVID thing now is what they're dealing with. Of course. So he's still waiting for this penis reattachment. Meanwhile, he's got to wear like a long sleeve shirt at all times because it's on his forearm, okay? So it's between the elbow and the hand. It's too far forward to wear a t-shirt anywhere because you have a floppy cock (laughs) on your arm. He said, I can't go swimming with the kids. I can't, you know, like... Yeah, you can't do anything. Not, yeah, not without... With that hanging out? Right. You'd have to have a button up. Wow. Like a... You'd have to have a buttoned long sleeve shirt on. Always. And even then, you got to so, imagine it's like bumping against the sleeve. Like, yeah. He calls it Jimmy. Jimmy. <laughs> oh, my God. If you look, watch the video, like you can barely understand the guy. It's got <laughs> captions. He's like, yeah, we call him my Jimmy. He's my mate. Shall we call him Jimmy? Oh, my little mate, Jimmy. My little mate, Jimmy. My little two inches extra on the Jimmy. Jimmy. This is the first time that a penis has been reconstructed on a patient's arm, although a similar procedure called radial forearm free flap (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. I'm sorry. Take two. Let's try that again. Radial forearm free flap phalloplasty. All right. Radial. Yeah, so that is a similar procedure. <laughs> Apparently it exists, and it's a preferred technique for gender confirmation surgery. Uh, their words, not mine. In RFFF, oh, that's a way better place. Oh, there you go. RFFF, the surgeon would completely remove the skin flap from the forearm and attach it to the groin, and then begin phallus construction. That okay. makes sense? So he's not growing it. In that surgery, you're not growing it out on your arm. You're growing it out where it's supposed to go the whole time. Ah. Uh, that I don't makes know if that, more sense to me. It seems to make more sense in a practical setting, but maybe maybe there's advantages to doing it on the arm the whole time. Like it did say that, you know, the skin was more sensitive there. Maybe you're getting more sensation there. Sure, nerves or... I mean, I, it's just complete I'm not spitballing, a doctor, but... but. You know, one of those things it could be, could be. Although the plan, oh yeah, it does talk about that. Although the plan was to reattach the penis in 2018, 
It's been dangling from his arm for two extra years as the surgery was pushed back due to illness, scheduling conflicts, and now the coronavirus. Fucking Rona. And you actually found a picture of it that's not blurred out. I found yeah? a video of it where he's showing a man. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. And it's not blurred out. We'll have that in the show I'll, notes. I'll put it in the show notes because I'm sure it won't be up forever. But all I gotta say is, man, Malcolm, you needed like an OnlyFans or something, man. Can you imagine? Like, yes. elbowing your wife right in the butthole? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine, and I would pay to see it. I, that's great. <laughs> oh, man. Medical wonder case. So It's pretty cool. Basically, when it's done, he's yes. going to have a little pump in his scrotum oh. that he can squeeze pump this thing up, and it won't fill with blood. It'll fill with saline. Oh. So he'll be able to squeeze his balls in order to <laughs> pump up his dick and get an erection. Wow. That's going to last forever. <laughs> You're so intrigued <laughs> by this. Oh, my goodness. So the saline just flushes back and forth? Um, yeah, basically. It's, it's like, uh, yeah, I'd assume it's, it's like, uh, yeah. It's like having a sex toy attached to your body. I mean, it's not quite a bionic penis, <laughs> whatever that is. But, hey. Bionic penis? How is you it, don't have how to is it worry, not? You don't have to worry about whiskey dick. Or anything. It's just like, let's go. All right. I will read you the dictionary definition of bionic. Adjective. Having artificial body parts, especially electro electromechanical ones. Electromechanical. That is a robo dick. That's okay. what I'm picturing when I hear. It's strictly mechanical. Okay. It's not electrical. That's the only thing. Okay. So this is a bionic penis too, in your understanding? Yeah, by definition. Yeah, because it's like completely artificial, 100%. Okay, just play that and you're dumb. And it also, see, I didn't clip that one. <laughs> I don't have your dumb. And you're dumb. Are you accusing me of being dumb? <laughs> yes, I am accusing myself of being Fuck, dumb. Fuck, I've got that one too hot. Too hot, too hot. I'm going to make a minor adjustment. I like that, though. You like it too hot? Pump. Oh, yeah. It's very no. slippery and very hot. Very hot. You know what was too hot? Our ABC outfits this weekend. The ABC outfits. <laughs> oh, man. The ABC party. We did mention that on the last show, didn't we? Yeah, we went to our ABC party this weekend. Yes, we did. If you, you, you give, I don't know if you want to even talk about it with that oh, yeah, yeah, slide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's glance. bashful. Oh, come on, kitten. I won't tell anyone. So an ABC party isn't anything but clothes party. And in this family, we take themes very seriously. I mean, if there's going to be a theme. You adhere to the theme and you'd also want to dress to impress, and you know. So I thought it would be funny to play on the fact that there's signs everywhere now that say masks required by bringing our masks and nothing else. So... Spence was gracious enough to make me a bra out of masks a while back when Corona was first being talked about. When it was still kind of like a meme, but it was like quarantine. When it was like 15 days to flatten the curve. And it yeah. was like, all right, two weeks at home. That's cool. Nice little break, I guess, from, you know, going out in public and dealing with the general public. No, 
Anyway, he made me this wonderful mask, bro. And then he made himself a mask thong, which was fabulous. I was working. <laughs> I was finishing some work at night because I have sometimes it's difficult to get things done with the children. But anyways, I was finishing some work. It was late at night and Spence comes down <laughs> wearing nothing but a mask and then just starts dancing and helicoptering. He's like, look at this. And I was like, hell yeah. Now back to work. <laughs> I tried it. Standing up and walking around, it felt like, okay, this thing is like barely big enough to cover anything, but like it gets the job done. What I didn't try was sitting down in it. Yes. And the minute you That's... sit down, the balls just peeked out of the bottom Uh-oh. like right away. <laughs> That's a good thing. You're not bashful. So, yeah, I mean, it was kind of. It's an ABC party. Come on. There was only one other person I saw, maybe two that had that wore anything but clothes named them because i saw none okay, i saw there was a lady that had like uh what is it like uh like a bra like a feather she was only wearing feather boas she oh. had like feather boas wrapped around herself instead of uh clothing would you believe i never even saw her yeah because i only saw her a couple times and i think it was underneath some stuff oh, yeah. she was like she kept putting back on oh uh. I was going to say, I saw a lot of, like, lingerie, and I was like, okay, I mean, if you want to be technical, like, I guess this is not clothes, because you wouldn't wear it out in public, but really, That's clothes. to me, yeah, okay. No, no, no. Yeah, it's a garment. Lingerie's clothes. It doesn't count for ABCs. <laughs> La- no, because no, I was picturing, like, garbage bag gowns and duct tape dresses and cereal box loincloths, none of that, but us and our masks. Now, however, I I had the bra, and I was being lazy, and I kept saying, like, I'll figure it out, I'll figure it out. Well, then Saturday comes, and I still don't have my bottoms figured out, but we had our no agenda meetup, and surprise, surprise, uh, you can't come into the bar without a mask on, and uh, if you know me, you know I don't do the mask thing, although now you don't carry a bandana in the car, whatever. It's never been a problem for me before, so I was, like, wholly unprepared for this. And the guy just, like, pulls out this little box of the disposable masks and hands one to me, hands one to dispense. And I was like, hell yeah, dude, thanks for having us. Now, the rule was you have to wear a mask when walking, but as soon as you're seated, you can take the mask off. So, obviously, I just found a seat real quick after getting getting a drink and didn't wear a mask because fuck masks. Not wearing a muzzle. But now I had two more masks at my disposal. Disposable masks. So I managed to make little bottoms out of them. Everyone thought it was great fun. We really brought the ABC party to the ABC party. We did. We went all out. Everyone got a good laugh out of it. It was a good time. There was a um, 33 being the, you know, still lingering in the air from our 33rd episode. There was a couple we met that was celebrating their 33rd wedding anniversary that night yeah mind-blowing how mind-blowing is that pretty wild because she was just like oh yeah our anniversary is usually a lot hotter outside it's usually a lot hotter on august 1st i was like you were like oh yeah what's it, what you said it's your anniversary happy anniversary what anniversary number oh this is our 33rd what of course it is <laughs> instant friends <laughs> it was great it was great yep it was like it's meant to be you know yeah it was a good time. It was a good party. It was fun. Yes. Lots of wild people, which I appreciate. Not as wild, though, as you'd expect from, like, a lifestyle party. 
you know? Well, I didn't even mention that it was a lifestyle party. I was just keeping it vague here with ABC, but if you want to go all into it, we can go all into it. Well. I got called ornery. <laughs> <laughs> I got called ornery. <laughs> me. Little old me. Okay. Yeah. We brought the par- party. We brought the party with the outfits. We brought the party laying on the, you know, just hanging out in front of everyone. We brought the party talking about nudism. Like, so this is what kills me about the lifestyle is people, it's still so separated from like nudists. And it's like, wait. People just seem, it's kind of weird uh, because, well, I mean, I guess it's kind of weird just. The whole thing. Life is weird. Life is weird. Okay. Like, and then yeah. there's the lifestyle, which you have to be pretty fucking weird to even, uh, to even look into going to something like this, let alone showing up. And paying the cover fee, okay? So, once you're past all of that weirdness, I don't know, people just seem like so hesitant even still. They're like scared. They're like, they don't want to be seen. They don't want to be... Yes, it's like it's, really weird how shy people are. It's a, like a dirty little secret for people being mm-hmm. in the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But... And then people always ask like, how long have you been in it and stuff? It's like, it's it's yeah. weird for us because it's not really like... It's very sidebar hobby of ours. Yeah. It's not up front and center. It's not like something we're always like goofing around with. But every once in a while, it's like put something on the calendar, you know? One of the few things to survive corona. Yeah, yeah. You know? know? I mean, you can still interact with people. Yeah. Like if bowling alleys were open all the time, I'd probably be there more often. But hey, Mm -hmm. lifestyle events. Yeah, They even had snacks and food drinks yeah they had uh fruit they had uh no fruits though i was surprised at that there was a lot of people like bitching about like homosexuality that is true which was interesting to me yes like i'm a very much to each his own guy but like you know i you'd think that you would take a second to like think about the way others might judge you before judging people i don't know yeah I don't know that part. That part surprised me, and then like people like being afraid. To, like, oh my god, people might see me naked. I yeah, that's what <laughs> really like, got me. It's, it's like, like, dude, we've already seen you naked online. <laughs> yeah. Everyone at that fucking party, yeah, know, has, RSVP a, has a profile. People creep. So, yeah. yeah. So, will someone please chat with Net Ned in the chat? Good God, Aww. people are rude. I love you, Net Ned. People are rude leaving Net Ned hanging. But I, I have a very hard time multitasking, and so yeah, I like it's will tough. Per- I'll read the stream. Okay, yeah, yeah, like you just saw it with Matthew Dumbo. Okay, like if I'm doing two <laughs> things at once, I'm gonna say stuff wrong, I'm gonna read stuff wrong, I'm gonna type stuff wrong, and I just don't want to subject you guys to that. It's not fair to the chat if I'm in there trying to chat yeah, and making no sense. No, it kind of messes with or me. Or the a couple listeners. Times. If I start chatting and then talking about, like, start saying out loud what I'm typing in the middle of trying to tell you something. It's not always the easiest. It's not. Multitasking is, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure humans are really created to do that very well. Hey, you mentioned what they say. You mentioned bowling earlier. I did. And I had I'm, another idea for maybe like a uh, recurring segment that we could do. A segment? Yeah. A new segment? Yeah. Okay. This segment would be called Gutter Balls. Gutter Balls. And basically, it'll be stories like this one. Bank okay. customer washes money out of virus fears and loses big. Uh, the Bank of Korea is now warning customers not to launder their cash in washing machines or microwaves. 
I don't think they understand what money laundering is. (laughs) What do you think? That's (laughs) market zero. Market zero, dude. Market zero. Over the line. So uh, the person was living in uh, South Korea. They placed an unspecified amount of 50,000 won bills. So 50,000 won is about $42. Uh, but, so it's like $42 bills, basically. You said this was Korea? That's right. Okay. South Korea. Okay. Some of the money was seriously damaged, and the person reached out to the Bank of Korea to find out whether it could be exchanged for new bills. Oh, no. No. Under bank rules on the exchange of damaged, mutilated, and contaminated bank notes, the person was provided with the new currency totaling about 23 million won. Just, just shy of 20 grand. Oh, Oh, why? That, why? That's what they got from the money. That's not how much money was <gasps> there. That's how much they were able to recover. Oh, no. Bank official C- Seo Ji Won, sorry, I don't know Korean very well, uh, but they said the number of 50,000 won bills the bank exchanged at half value was 507. 507 of the bills. Uh, she said the bank doesn't count the number of bills it cannot exchange because damage is too big. So basically, there's three categories of bills when you're trying to turn in damaged bills. Okay. One, it's uh, it's pretty damaged, and so they give you half value. Two, it's uh, if it's oh no 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 I did this wrong I'm sorry. They can provide blank currency. Uh, new currency at face value if the damage is minimal. So if the bill is still mostly intact and it's okay, they can just give you a new one. Okay. If the damage is pretty significant, they can give you a half value. So okay. And then if it's super bad, they can't give you anything for it. Yeah. So depending on how bad it is, they can give you full half or nothing. That's the three categories, full half or nothing. So... Uh, this says that the law, <laughs> they didn't know exactly how much money the person tried to wash in the beginning, but she said the loss would still be considerable. Mm. Mm-hmm. The amount in question was condolence money given by relatives, friends, and others during a family funeral, according to the bank. Gutterball. Yeah, that's not good. That's man. what we call a gutter ball. I know what they say about assumptions, but I had always assumed that, like, let's say you rip a dollar in half or something. I just thought you were SOL. So here in the U.S., they can replace it if it's more than half of the bill that you've got. Oh. I believe. Huh. We'll have to look into that. I've, I've like looked at it before. Not that I'm sitting around with I like a dollar I think it has to like have at least partial of the serial number on of both serial numbers because the if you look at the front of the bill, there's an upper left and a bottom right serial number typically. Oh, okay. So it has to kind of like both of those be around. I get you. Yeah, you know. You know, but don't you don't need to wash your money. Money is dirty. Yeah, whatever. Just get over it. Here's another good one. Get over it. Rhode Island state officials said a technical glitch was to blame for 176 tax refund checks being mailed out bearing the signatures of Mickey Mouse and Walt Disney. 
fantastic. <laughs> so. That's fantastic. Jade Borgeson, chief of staff of the Rhode Island Department of Revenue, confirmed the checks were mailed out this week with the signatures of Walt Disney and his most famous cartoon creation, instead of Rhode Island General Treasurer Seth Magaziner and State Controller Peter Keenan. As a result of the technical error in the Division of Taxation's Automated Refund Check Printing System, approximately 176 checks with invalid signature lines were printed and mailed to taxpayers on Monday. Borgensen said in a statement to WJARTV. Mm. Wow, what a gutter ball that is. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to cut new checks that are corrected within one week, they say. Yeah, what a great historical artifact to have a tax refund with Mickey Mouse and Walt Disney's signature on it. That's pretty cool. Hmm. Frame it. Keep that shit. That would be kind of a piece of history, huh? Yeah, and there's so you many gotta, Disney collectors you, out there. You gotta imagine that that's some kind of like template or something where it's like they just have like example name, but example <laughs> name is like Mickey Mouse or some silly I, shit. But the Rhode Island state government, that's where it gets gutter bally for I, sure. Gutterball. Heard, <laughs> heard a great joke the other day. It was the uh, Rhode Island state government. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, hey, bowlers, if you f see any gutter balls, slide them into my inbox, spencer at bowlafterbowl.com, and maybe we'll feature them on the show in the future. Yeah, or if you uh, hear about any, or know one right off the top of your head right now, give us a call and leave us a voicemail. 816-607-3663. One of the notes that uh, Sir Bimrose gave us was to maybe not smoke weed on the show. Mm. And I thought about it. I took an honest... Uh, a good long think? A good long think. And, you know, I thought about a few things. Um, there's timing and pace to consider, and I will say our pace really slowed down after the stonage on the last show. Sure. And typically does and typically will. Yeah. Um, which is something to consider. There's also the consideration of this goddamn soundboard, which, you know, it's hard to necessarily poke the right ones, especially when they're changing constantly. Yeah. However, tricky. on the other hand, this has always been a show about bowls and stoning and yeah, weed and, and this and that. After bowl, after bowl, after And so bowl. I thought maybe a good compromise was to do prep, get everything set up, Come into you guys with like a fully cleared, non-hazy mind. Just let the let people that are in this uh in the toker there be token. Yeah, token in the toker. And then once we're like an hour in, spark one up. Spark one up. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So. Sir Bimrose, if you're listening. Uh, you mind if I do a J? <laughs> it's not peer pressure. We're, just your turn. We're just trying it out. We'll see how this goes. I think that... I think we'll be okay. We're, we've got some recurring things that are going to come up. Recurring segments and this and that. And so I want to do it kind of free form starting out. And, you know, some of our material too, like we did. Mainly the stuff that doesn't have like a category or a theme. But then our recurring themes, maybe we can bust out at the stonage 
when we don't really necessarily have to go off the rails because there's something to keep us on the rails. You know, there's something to keep us kind of tight and in tune. But I also don't want to, uh, and we've talked about this many times, I think the number one goal of the show above the other goals, because there's not just one goal, but if, if we could only have one goal, it would be authenticity. Yeah. And any step away from that is a step in the wrong direction, in my opinion. But I also have never been the type of stoner to say that weed is the miracle cure for everything or to pretend like weed doesn't hinder me in certain situations or in certain spots. So in order to be my our best and give the best product and the best show, we definitely have to consider it. And so it's something that I am considering. If anyone else has thoughts on it, feel free to send it into us one way or the other. But uh, this is kind of my thought process and what I'm trying out. And so I think that it will go right. Um, yeah. I think it'll go right. Think about the pacing. Because there's just like a certain sound that you can't get unless you're burning a joint. Just wow. Like the tranquility there, the serenity, the beautiful, peaceful bliss of a Jay burning. It almost sounds like white noise, but it's not. Like when you know what it is, then you know what it is. When you know, you know. And if you ever get strange voicemails from us to your podcast, uh, just know that we're not doing Foley art. Like whatever you're hearing is really going on. Yeah, that's Whether a good point. Whether it's or... Balls. Ass slapping. <laughs> Bulls or balls or vagina. Whatever it might be. Um, um, um. Speaking of calling other shows, I had a good talk with Nick the Rat last week about luck. And god damn, if it didn't translate into luck in my life, I'm so glad that we had that conversation. It's true. Luck, Lucky in just about all the categories. Yeah. The uh, no agenda meetup went well. We had a new person, which is always awesome. Yeah, a new guy. And I'll never forget his name, too, because he's a guy that has, like, a formal first name and then likes to go by his middle name informally. So he likes to go by Lee. And then this other guy that had been showing up, he's the one that's shown up to most of our meetups. Uh, Matt is over from the Kansas side in Johnson County. And so those two guys together make up the greatest AP reporter of all time, Matt Lee. So I'll never forget his name. That's true. Either of their names. Yeah. I just thought that was fantastic. Yeah, they're awesome. Oh, no agenda meetups are the greatest thing. And if you haven't been to one, or if there's not one going on in your area, just put one together. Just do it. If it's- you are waiting around thinking maybe next week I'll hear my town, just make one. <clears throat> yeah, That's what Lauren and I ended up doing. We just went on noagendameetups.com, and we just made one, and it was, yeah, it's worked out. It was great. Our first one was huge, and we've had people coming back ever since, though COVID has slowed things down, unfortunately. It bums me out. Also, though, we do do them on Saturdays, and I think, you know, if you work Monday through Friday eight to five and you're commuting to work, then Saturdays you're usually booked because it's like your one day to do stuff. Um, so I don't know. 
I don't know if we should play around with different dates or what, but we have a primo Halloween meetup <laughs> this <Yes>. year. <laughs> absolutely. So what we've done two different meetups at Knuckleheads. Every other meetup has been at a different place. Um, but the two that we've done at Knuckleheads have been the most fun. Matt's been to both of them. The first one we did, he was the only other guy that showed up. But they've still been the most fun. Uh, and I think the main reason is kind of the social aspect of being at a blues jam. It's like the music is not something that's like so incredible. You're mad if someone interrupts you from listening to it, right? It's just some guys jamming some blues and usually doing like cover songs and such, you know? So it's not, but it's, it's good music. That's not going to like offend anyone's tastes, but it's also not like so great that you only want to pay attention to that. And it's also nice because there's no such thing as an awkward silence. You know, it's, there's no, when you're in a bar, no matter how many people there are, there always is like a certain point, especially in the beginning of one of these things where it's kind of like, what are we talking about? You know, although if you get the no agenda people around long enough, it's just like, it all just comes out. Like we all kind of all, there's like an automatic, I already know you thing going on. Yeah. It's really weird with everybody I've met in the in the NA meetups. It's kind of like because we do have this overlapping thing in common where we've listened to the show a lot and we both like John and Adam. So in that sense, it's like a head start versus just a stranger. You know, it's not a stranger; it's a no agenda stranger. So you're already like that much safer. That's um, true. but as Lorian was saying, on October 31st, Halloween night, that falls on a Saturday this year. And they're doing some MTV 80s themed thing. Yep. Okay. Okay. So we're going to do a meetup because they have an open jam during the day on Saturdays, which is what we've been kind of tagging along to. It's free to get in. And then I'm sure there'll be a cover for this thing. But I'm figuring, hey, we go to like the later part of the open jam, but still catch like half of it or whatever. And then we stay for this 80s MTV theme night. With, like, Adam Curry, MTV 80s masks and pictures and whatnot, like, just, like, kind of take over the theme in our own theme that's, like, a more specific theme. Like, oh, you wanted MTV in the 80s? Well, that's Adam Curry, man. (laughs) I like being yelled at. So we'll uh, figure all that out. And if you don't have Halloween plans yet, hey, you know, it's a cheap time to travel. Yes, let us make your Halloween plans for you. Come to Kansas City. It'll be fantastic. Knuckleheads is a place you have to go to. Knuckleheads is tight because it's like a, it's it's a biker bar. That would be the best way to describe it in as few words as possible. But it's also like a pretty legendary music venue. It's like the dive venue. There's no better dive venue in town. Um, There are others that are totally sick, but totally sick nothing nothing close to this one for real yeah uh no agenda shenanigans are always fun no agenda shenanigans are always fun what could be better do you like my sweater (laughs) so speaking of segments what do we have on the voicemail line here let me uh play you a voicemail we've got some right now Hi, this is Dr. Anthony Fauci. It's been a long time since I've hit it, so I will. 
I'll hit it and then I'll quit it. <laughs> anyway, your topic about the first time I ever had a threesome, I'll tell you. The first and only time, well, no, that's a lie. Three times that I've had this threesome. You grab yourself, so with your right hand, or whichever hand you're dominant with, you take it, and you turn it upside down, you stroke your member. And then with your other hand, reach around, you finger your own asshole. That's a solo threesome, the only kind I've ever had. Oh, now man. I'm doing it. Okay. With a mask on. Anyway, I hope all you guys stay safe. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, stay safe. Well, you stay safe, Mr. Fauci, you rowdy, rowdy man. Yes. He was spit-roasting himself. He was. Sounded like. Well, not I quite. Because there's no mouth involved, I guess. No mouth. No. Staying safe in Corona. <laughs> I guess. Good Lord. Corona. Yeah. What about you? The first time you ever had a threesome. So... Before I tell my story, I was wondering the definition of threesome. Ah. Right? Like, sure. I just pondered it. Because to me, I would say the way I'm envisioning the word threesome meaning is just three people making love in whatever way they choose. Yeah, that would... So not just like male-female penetration. No, it wouldn't necessarily have to be that. So my first threesome, I was, I was in high school, and maybe yeah, around freshman year. And there was a slumber party for a friend's birthday, and uh, the party went on. We were all into like the same, this Japanese band. We all like the same band. We all were watching anime and whatever. <laughs> And so the party ended, and three of us just stayed up and decided to, like, surf old animes. We ended up finding one called Cutie Honey, which is great. You should watch it. It's not censored in any way. You see full-on nipple. Fuck yeah, a lot of fun. 70s uh -oh. anime. Nipple? Uh-oh, nipple. That sounds dangerous to me. Well, anyway... We had kind of a history of, like, kiss practicing, you know? Okay. And so we ended up just, like, making it out, rode the wave, lots of uh, exploring the female form and what it's capable of, pushing the limits as far as we could. I think there's, a, it's a very different element when a man is involved, obviously. Right. Um, and had a great time. Nice. That was the first time I stayed up all night. Also, where you we like pulled an all-nighter? We pulled a many hours there, but we were all clean and ready for the morning. Nice. It was a wonderful experience. It sounds like, like a wild night. Also, one of my earliest sexual experiences. If actually really like the first. Wow, so you started with a threesome right off the bat. Well, like I said, we had been like practice kissing with each sure, other. So no. no, not right off the bat. I know it. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. 
Do you want to answer that question? <laughs> it's so funny. I guess first kiss is a different story for another time. Yeah. But, yeah. Exploration, figuring it out, practice, having fun, and still being friends at the end of the day. Like, it was a good, it was a good little relationship we all had. I mean, it felt, it feels so, like, healthy. Yeah, you know? sure. It was awesome. Like, uh, batting practice. Batting practice. For sexual No activities. strings attached. And it's like, oh, hey, we all feel good, too. Like, <laughs> Isn't that the goal? The slumber parties that good? everyone wants to get invited to. It's the slumber party of many people's dreams. The dream slumber party was yes. awesome. Epic. Glad to be a part of it. If anyone involved is listening. <laughs> <laughs> you should leave a voicemail to talk about it. 816-607-3663. Threesomes. That's, you know. Now I want to hear about yours. Well, you know about mine. Because you were there. Ah, but yeah. But my first threesome was between me and Lorian and this friend of ours who always came to the bar. Sexy. That was nice. Lady friend. Yeah. It was nice. And like you're saying, it's like the same sort of question of the 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 depth of penetration or not penetration or really any of those questions is kind of like not the you know a disqualifier sure in in at least in my opinion for threesome bill clinton can say what he wants about oral and other people can say what they want about like uh hand jobs or anything else like that but all of these things also are sex that's the way I looked at it, too. You're making love. That's why yeah. I just use the word lovemaking. But it's not, I guess there is sort of a definition of sex in biology that involves sperm hitting egg. But if you go that deep on it, then wearing a condom isn't sex. Mm. And some people probably believe that, too. I don't happen to be one of them. No. I happen <laughs> to believe either. all of it is uh, sex. But yeah. Yeah. Well... That was a fun night. That was a fun night. Do I have to tell that story to you? <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. I don't really know how much there is to tell. It was know? just a fun night. There was lots of... Our friend and I had been out together. Like a little... You were getting off work because you were f closing up the bar. Mm -hmm. And so and it was a great bar, a legendary bar. And there was live music and we were dancing and just had a great time drinking in the best of ways and then you know you got off work and we went home to hang and because we always were hanging it just fell into order with the ladies and you were willingly accepting <laughs> of it <laughs> i did nothing to put the brakes on that train no absolutely of course not. not no it just kind of unflowed but you all it just flowed, right? Like, it didn't feel like there's even an instigator. Right. You know? It's just, like, you get these three people together. We all love each other in a very, like... I re like, when we say I love you to the listeners and to, you know, to our friends here. Right. It's like, man, I do. Mm-hmm. Care for you in the most... The deepest of ways. 
Pacing, Lorian. Pacing. Pacing. And pacing. this is to the point, I suppose, that Ben Rose is making. But my counterpoint also, uh, and talking about authenticity and things, I was like, because basically his complaint, which I listened to the show again, and it was true, and actually made me cringe a bit at parts. Oh. You know, just pacing thing. I'll probably listen to this and be like, what the fuck? But that also gives, he was like, I had to listen to that last part at one and a half speed because it was just like dragging on, you know? And I don't want to do that to anybody. So I think that if there's a dividing line, bam, and then like all of the like kitschy segmenty parts of the show kind of happen on this half of that line, then, you know, the people who only want to get the stuff that we're bringing up the first half of the show on target and on pace can just listen to that half, you know? And then like, as soon as they hear the spark, you know, people can be like, Oh, I gotta go. Yeah. You know? yeah. Which is cool too. I don't know. It's also not practical. Yeah. I understand as a, as a target, but I'm just thinking out loud here. We, we don't have any limitations creatively. So it's true. I'm bouncing ideas off of the audience and really in back into my own ears via the headphones. Yeah. Figuring it out. Figured out. Talking it out. Yeah, absolutely. Like we said, this is like a labor of love and a work in progress. And while it always will be a work in progress, I won't always call it that. I no. hope. Of course not. I hope. Although knowing me, well, man, maybe I fucking will. <laughs> <laughs> we can always do better. That's like my philosophy. It's exactly. There's and, always room to and grow. to be fair to us, if you like, take a listen to the full history, like... It's come a long way. I mean, fuck. When we pull, when we publish, finally get back to the early episodes. I'm back there to like a USB Yeti mic, and I know CSB is all about USB mics. Comic strip blogger is like a big fan of USB mics, but I gotta have an analog. I really like prefer that to anything else. And uh, that's what I had back then was a USB mic that picked up like every time you tapped on the table. There was no shock absorption. It was really tinny. Um, and it, you know, because it was 40 bucks and it plugged in the side of your laptop and didn't do anything else. So we've come a long way in terms of equipment, in terms of structure of show, in terms of uh, our infrastructure. Uh, I think I'm on the final stages of getting Bitcoin accepted. Hey. So we'll have to be testing that out soon. Um, but bullafterbull.com has all the info. And you can give us BAT. We've talked about that the last couple of shows. Basic attention token is what Brave Browser uses. So if you don't use Brave Browser, then it doesn't apply to you. But uh, I've used Brave Browser for probably at least two years now. And I just like it personally. I don't, sometimes it breaks shit and then I use like whatever I need to use. Like I think No Agenda, the Jitsi server, I can't really run on brave i have to run it on chrome with nothing you know just like basic naked chrome uh which is fine if i ever hop on there i do it on chrome but everything else i use brave for so there's a little delta red triangle in the far right part of the url if you're using brave's rewards program uh brave's rewards program basically pays you these little cryptocurrency tokens each month for ads that you allow it to serve you and the ad is just a little pop-up notification in like the bottom right corner of your screen. And you can click dismiss it. You can pause it. You can set how many an hour you want to limit it to, which the maximum is five, which I have it set to because 
Obviously, I want to get more rewards out of it, but I digress. If you go uh, use that rewards program while you're on our website during any page, you'll click and you'll see that we are a uh, verified creator, and you can give us BAT, B-A-T. So you can send that to us uh, either as a, like a one-off or monthly if you know you get a certain amount of bat every month and you just want to slip it to us, that is another way to do it. But basically we're just asking if you get any kind of value or enjoyment out of the show, uh, that there are many ways to support the show monetarily, uh, by sending in clips. And you've heard some great clips from some of our listeners. Also music suggestions, uh, content suggestions, all of that is appreciated and taken and, uh, it gives, it gives value to us. So any way you're able to return that is awesome. Yeah. Feedback always appreciated. You know. I will pay for your fucking wood so that I don't have to smell it. I just don't want to smell it. Smell your dirty fucking wood. Well, we have another voicemail. Let's hear it. Oh, hello. This is... Senator Bernie Sanders, and I just want to say in the toka to all of you, toke it up. One day, you should elect me, and I will give everybody free marijuana. That's yes, of course. Happen. Given that you buy me a fifth house with as many <laughs> bathrooms as I desire. <laughs> Vote for Bernie in the toka. Never gonna happen. <laughs> Bernie. Oh. Another thing I'd like to do is have a list of everyone who has called into the voicemails. Oh, yeah. Because since we're getting such heavy hitters, I figured if we put their names up there, like other people will want to call. Like, people will want to call our show if they know that Bernie's Sanders is called. I don't know about if they want to call if they know Dr. Fauci's called, but it'll probably get us boosted in the crawlers. At least. Oh, yeah. Having Fauci on there. Everybody's crawling Fauci right now. <laughs> SEO goldmine. That's a hot SEO topic, baby. SEO topics. Bob Belcher? I mean, come on. Hank Hill. People look up to those guys. Bob Belcher and Hank Hill. Hell yeah. They're like legendary dad status. Yeah. Well, that's it for voicemails, but if you want to call us, 816-607-3663. That's right. Leave one yourself. Anytime. Alright then. Yeah, you know. That's how it goes sometimes. Yeah. That's how it goes. Thanks for joining us in the Toker. We've had a great time tonight. Talking about some fantastic topics. Yeah, episode 34. Another one in the books, baby. Stick around, we got some pre-stream music coming up. Or post-stream, I should say. And also, Ryan Bimrose was right. (laughs) I'm being baked. I'm being baked like a cake. It's true. So far tonight, I'm average. (laughs) 